Welcome to A Brief Chat, the show about living authentic lives on our own terms. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Monday. It's the 11th day of November 2019. And unlike, I think, every previous episode of this show, this one is actually being recorded on the morning of Monday the 11th of November 2019. And the reason for that is that Owen and I intended to record some shows yesterday, and then Owen remembered they had an event to go to after work last night, and we never got around to it, and then I completely forgot that there were shows to be recorded, and so there was no show. (laughs) And I woke up this morning and thought, I don't think there's ever an episode of... uh, (laughs) A brief chat that's been recorded for today. Perhaps I should do that. So, as part of my morning routine, I got up and uh, meditated as normal. But before I take my walk that I normally take, I'm laying down this episode. And the inspiration from this episode comes from a concert that Owen and I went to on Saturday night. It was a concert of choral music put on by the State College Choral Society, now in its 71st year. And the overall program of the concert was called A British Banquet, and it featured the work of three different British composers, Edward Elgar, Benjamin Britten, and uh, I believe it's Rafe Vaughn Williams. There was also some Gustav Holst in there, but that wasn't sung. That was performed by a string ensemble. It was really, really wonderful. And the piece in particular that I wanted to talk about because of what it made me think of is a piece called Rejoice in the Lamb by Benjamin Britten. Our friend Colleen Kennedy sings uh, in the State College Choral Society, and she had a, a solo in this piece on a section of it called For I Will Consider My Cat Jeffrey. First of all, I'm already in. To any piece of classical music that has a section called For I Will Consider My Cat Jeffrey. The text for this piece, I believe some amount of it comes from the poet Christopher Smart. And to be totally honest, I'm not sure if this section does or not. So either Benjamin Britten or Christopher Smart wrote this bit, and, and this is it. It's not very long. For I will consider my cat Geoffrey, for he is the servant of the living God, duly and daily serving him. For at the first glance of the glory of God in the east he worships in his way. For this is done by wreathing his body seven times round with elegant quickness. For he knows that God is his savior. For God has blessed him in the variety of his movements. For there is nothing sweeter than his peace when at rest. For I am possessed of a cat surpassing in beauty from whom I take occasion to bless Almighty God. And when I was listening to not this piece, not just this section, but the totality of this piece by Benjamin Britten and the poetry that's inside it, it really put me in mind of Buddhism. Because it mentions a cat, the very first thing I thought of is probably the most famous of all Buddhist koans. And a koan is... It's kind of a word puzzle that you are supposed to go over and over and over inside yourself, but it's not really to be figured out. It's more to be broken through. That's about as much as I can tell you about koan study, because although I've read a fair amount about it, I've never done that as part of my practice. But anyway, there's a koan, a famous koan called Mu, or in Chinese, Wu. And the the koan is essentially this. A monk asked Master Joshu, or in Chinese, Chao Chu, a monk asked Master Joshu, 
Has a dog the Buddha nature or not? Joshu said, Moo. Now, Moo in Japanese means does not have uh, or is absent or no. And what the koan eventually goes on to be about and what you're supposed to realize as a result of it has been hotly debated for as long as it has been around, which is a very, very long time. <laughs> so for me, the the point is, uh, oh, and the answer, I think the answer no is not, it's not just a firm no. Does a dog have Buddha nature? No, it doesn't. And let's now go eat breakfast. There's a lot more to it than that. And then all that put me in mind of a lot of the reading I've been doing in the last few years about nature and ecology and the interdependence of all things on this planet. And I've talked before about this idea of George Carlin's that he used to say, you know, the planet is fine. It's the people who are in trouble and how I've changed my thinking about that, that I, I don't believe that the planet is fine either. So all of that kind of swirled around together in my brain over the weekend and it, it really brings home to me, and again, you don't have to have any religious affiliation at all, and you certainly don't have to have the one that I have, and you certainly don't have to have the one that either Benjamin Britten or uh, Christopher Smart apparently had. I don't think it requires any religious belief of any kind to understand the basic fact that our actions on this earth affect everything around us and that everything means everything it doesn't just mean the other people around us it means everything around us similarly uh, reciprocally everything around us affects us and again i don't just mean the people around us but i mean everything around us I think one real difficulty with being human is that we essentially grow up learning that we're at the top of the food chain. First of all, as if the food chain exists. If you remember from the Star Wars prequels, and if you do, I'm sorry, but if you remember from uh, The Phantom Menace, there is a moment when uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and He Who Shall Not Be Named are riding in a craft underwater and they're about to be eaten by a big fish, and an even bigger fish eats that fish, and Qui-Gon says there's always a bigger fish. That's essentially the food chain idea, the idea that you just progress up through higher and higher either stages of size or stages of evolution until the mightiest thing is at the top, which of course isn't how it works. Life is much more of a, a web, much more of a a net of interconnectedness in which everything is reflected in everything else. That's the idea of Indra's net that I've talked about in this show before, where from every uh, point of contact between the strands in the net, there's a little jewel that reflects everything else in the net. And that is what life is like. The trick is how do we kind of bring that into our daily action I know that for me, the more in recent years I have begun to not just think about, but to realize deep inside myself the interconnectedness of all things, the more 
it has become impossible for me to look at what I might have thought was mundane before without seeing the wonder and beauty of it and and the fragility of it. Trees are big and have big round trunks and they look like they're planted in the ground forever. But you don't even have to look as far as the burning Amazon. You can probably look around your own your own neighborhood to find trees that aren't going to make it as long as you are. It really is to me the the central truth of our existence that we're just a part of everything else. That we're just one more element in this massive experiment of the planet Earth. And when I say experiment, I don't mean because there's a designer making the experiment. I just mean that at least to our knowledge, there's not another one of these happening around anywhere. And so this planet is essentially just a big petri dish to find out what happens when you place certain amounts of sentience and technology and nature all in connection with one another. And we're just finding out now what happens. But we can't ever pretend that what's happening, either to us or to the world around us, doesn't have an impact in the other direction. Because we're not separate. I heard a uh, talk by a Buddhist teacher, Amala Wrightson, who said, you know, if you go far enough back, we were all just one point in the universe. And then the Big Bang happened. I want to close with a poem that I wrote right after we got home from the concert on Saturday. It's called Chorus. Does a dog have Buddha nature? Is a cat a servant of God? What is the light that shines through the universe? Where does the wind go as it blows from the sun? Deep in the farthest darkness, a single light blinks, calling out, I am here. Go far enough back and we were all one family there beside a river in Botswana. Go farther still and everything you've ever seen or heard or felt on the tip of your tongue was a single point in an ocean of mystery, waiting to burst forth. Hear the choir sing. That's today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to help me keep making more of them, you can go to abriefchat.com and click on the support the show link to become a member. I love you. A better world is possible.